Hello, good evening, good evening. Welcome to the Scrabble, Eggs, and Ham podcast. My name is Bill Clark. Thank you so much for joining us this evening. This evening, I have a special guest. His name is Robbie Bryan. I'm going to introduce him to you in a few minutes. But first, let me tell you a little bit about the Scramble Eggs and Ham podcast. So the Scramble Eggs and Ham podcast is a monthly interview show and is focused upon the reinvention of the lives of each interviewee as a result of or inspired by the life-changing illnesses that have now become part of their daily existence. So this mor- this afternoon, I'm still on the, dealing with the morning thing. Um, this afternoon, I have a special guest for you. His name is Robbie Bryant. And Robbie is a producer, a director, and a writer. And he's made some, he's accomplished so much. And also, I, might, I want to add this. Robbie is a cancer survivor. Is that correct, Robbie? Yes, Bill. Thanks so much for having me. But yes, I'm a stage for cancer survivor. Wow. Wow. Wow, man, that's that's incredible. I'm, glad, I'm so glad you're here with us this afternoon. It's my pleasure. It's uh, I'm so thrilled to be here in, in this wonderful forum that, that you used to have us all tell our story. So thank you. Well, yeah, thank you so much for coming on. Do you mind sharing with us um, what type of cancer you, you, you overcame? Yeah, sure. So, <clears throat> excuse me, I, um, I had... Um, cancer of the tongue and lymph nodes um, on the right side of my head mm-hmm. um, and um, was diagnosed about eight, a little over eight years ago mm-hmm. um, and uh, was a shock as I'm sure the majority of people who, who go through these kind of diagnoses. Mine was very simple um, symptoms. When I started, I had a... Um, I had uh, an earache and a little bit of a throat ache, and um, for a long, long time, for many, many months, it was chopped up to um, allergies. And then it was November, and it was 40 degrees out, and it didn't seem like it was allergies anymore. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, um, allergies were were correctly, finally diagnosed as cancer. So that's that's what happened. Wow, I'm glad you caught that. You caught it in time. So, and let me tell you a little bit more about Robbie Bryant. So, Robbie, in 1997, he formed his own film company. So, Robbie is a director, a writer, and a producer. But in 1997, he formed his own film company called Good To Be Seen Films with his partner. Your wife is an actress also, right? She was an actress when we met. Um, She... um we opened up the company together and she ended up becoming an executive at a tech company, but she still produces our, um, our films, uh, when she can be on set. And if not, certainly in the pre-production and post-production phases. Wow. Wow. So, um, I want to talk about this films because I, I, I watch your films. The one that I want to talk to about today, this evening, because, um, you are a cancer survivor is called, there's a few of them here. So Robbie, he did American American Morning. He's his film is The Eyes, which a lot of us seen probably. I think that was was that on SHO. That was on Showtime, and that was is currently on Tubi. Actually, is still playing. Wonderful, wonderful. And there's something called it's a film that he's Black Hat. I think you are you working on that now or? Yeah, that's when we. Uh, that's been my passion project that I've been working on for twelve years. It's um, it's uh, about a teen bullied manga artist, and um, it's a mixture of mostly narrative and anime, mm-hmm. um, the interspersed. And so that's something I've been trying to get off the ground for a long, long time, and we're very close to doing that one. So I'm very excited about that. Wow, that's wonderful! I can't wait. I read, I read the um, the, the bio on it, and. Um it's it's exciting because you know um i've had um children that had that type of thing going on and the next one he did was choose which i want to talk about i murders is i murders with tony todd i murders is yeah we had it um as i make mostly independent features a few of the ones that you're mentioning are also short films but Uh um that was um, a horror thriller feature that Tony was in, as well as Billy D. Williams and Frank Grillo and Gabrielle Anwar and mm. Charles Durning, and just a really big cast for a smaller independent film. Wow, I watched that one too. <laughs> Tony Todd. <laughs> Tony Todd is one of my favorite uh, actors, and you know, I guess everybody knows him from the Candy Man, right? 
Candyman, Candyman. <laughs> you know? That's that's you know um, the great great and not so great things about the industry sometimes is somebody gets pigeonholed, uh-huh. and so um, it was such a successful film when it came out, The Candyman, that he sort of got a little bit of pigeonholed in the horror genre, mm-hmm. which I love the horror genre, and their fans are second to none in terms of how supportive they are, but Hollywood itself sort of pigeonholed you sort of like a comedian who um, they can't see be doing a serious role. Tony sort of got pigeonholed, I think, a little bit in that world, but Tony's a brilliant stage actor. Mm-hmm. Um, I've seen him in many plays, doing August Wilson, doing Fences, doing many, many mm-hmm. um, plays. He's a, he's a wonderful actor, and I'm lucky enough to actually call him a friend. Um, you have your industry friends, and then you have people that you consider your friend, and Tony's an actual friend, and um, I'm honored that he is. Wow, yeah. I met him down in the village one time in New York in the village. He's, he's an incredible guy. Real easy real easy to talk to. I found him. I found him easy to talk to. So we talked about... He, oh, go ahead. Yes. No, no. I'm agreeing with you 100%. He's great to people. He's great to his fans, um, obviously, to work with as a, as a director, which, uh, you know, I am predominantly... Um, focusing on, although I do a lot of producing and writing as well. Uh-huh. Um, but he's just, uh, he's just, uh, you know, we, we'll test, text each other about the Knicks and the Lakers as much as we will about the business. So, okay. and everything in between. <laughs> That's wonderful. He is a friend then. Um, yes. So I stopped at um, I Murders, Man from Earth, and Robbie, you wrote and direct the, the stand in, right? Yeah, I, I didn't direct it. It was actually our first project. Um, um, for good to be seen films. Um, so I was a writer and a producer mm-hmm. on that, but I was with Kelly Ripa and Judas Ivy and David Ogden Sires from Nash and Lou Myers from the TV show, a different world. Uh-huh. But that was a yeah, very first thing that we did. And man from earth, I was a co-producer on, and that's actually where I met Tony Todd. That was the first film we did together. We've done uh, four or five, um, all, all together. Wow, that's great. That's great. One thing about when I first seen the candy, um, the one that, you know, Tony, I also like Billy Dee Williams and some others that you've worked with. But one of the things that intrigued me about um, the candy man and and you're right about, you know, being pigeonholed into one type of type of person, type of actor. And, you know, actors have many, many different they're multidimensional people and they have they can do a lot of different things. But one thing that intrigued me about The Candyman was that um, it dealt with um, a story. It was like one of the first movies I seen. It was a while ago. I wasn't even married then. It was like maybe, I don't know, 20 mm-hmm. years, over 20 years ago, over 20 years ago. Oh, and, for sure. And what, so what part of the theme was, the storyline was that he, in the past, he was a person that was um, married to or had an interracial relationship. Is that correct? Mm-hmm. And... Yeah, with uh, Virginia Madsen, I believe. Yeah, that's right. That's right. And I was like, wow, you know, it's about time that they put this thing, you know, that we do, that they show these type of relationships in um, in the art, in that art, man, you know. Absolutely. It was a really smart, um, you know, smartly done horror film. Some of them are made um, specifically for, you know, shock value or for, you know, the thrill of the scare. And there's nothing, again, wrong with that. There's amazing but Candyman was one of the first really um thoughtful kind of intellectual horror films and that was very one of the very cool things about it mm-hmm. i didn't like the second version of it i didn't like it many times films you know are made a second time because the of the success of the first one and occasionally you get that time where you know uh like the godfather i guess where the second one meets the first ones but it's very difficult because i think a lot of the time they weren't films aren't necessarily um made with the intent to make a sequel and only because of the success of it so the same kind of um writing and passion and and storytelling doesn't always get to go into it because it's about let's or at least it was back then and and even somewhat now let's crank out another one because it's you know it's it's a money maker so, right um, right you know <laughs> yeah I got it I get it I get it but let's talk about your films you know that, that was a great oh, film thanks. but you sure. got but you're here and let's talk about you um so choose <laughs> you know so choose um you know I was we were talking the other day I was talking to you last week and 
And, um, you know, it's, I went through this dialogue with, with my spouse, right? About, mm -hmm. and she asked me, who would I choose? No, it was something about, you know, if my mother, if, if your mother was drowning and she was, and your wife was drowning, which one would you choose? Right, she asked. So it's actually there's a song like that. <laughs> there's a Caribbean yeah. song. She's from the Caribbean. There's a song like that, and I'm like, which one would I choose? Let me see. So in the song, the guy goes, "Well, I I can always get another wife, but I can't get another mother." Ah, that's, <laughs> that, that's that is that is true. That is true. No, it's that, but that's you know these choices are they're impossible to you know you would hate to ever be in that and unfortunately it happens but yeah you hate to be in that situation i mean and because you you, you know either your wife or your mother are never going to talk to you again once you answer that question so <laughs> I, I don't know i don't know if that's something you know forget about the actual actual logistics of the of, of the you know losing one or the other but it's just that's a no-win situation. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I think I kind of like, um, like you know, turn my head away from that one and say, "Oh, huh? <laughs> let me go um, cook some um, some chicken or something." But anyway, <laughs> choose, man. Choose um, deals with that um, impact. And do you believe that life imitates art, or does art imitate life? Um, I, I mean, for me this didn't happen directly um you know and again uh, just for your audiences it was about a um it was about a husband and wife who were together loved each other very much and the wife became pregnant she was about 20 weeks pregnant and was diagnosed with a brain tumor and um then don't, collapses don't give don't give away the ending robbie don't no on. i won't do that okay i won't do that <laughs> okay but um but is unconscious and um, the doctor comes in and basically says we can save one or the other, but we can't save both. Mm -hmm. So, um, and that was just, that didn't happen to, to me specifically, but I had a friend who passed away from cancer and um, that subject matter just came up and it just became a really interesting thing for me to, um, to pursue. So I think, I think many times we're inspired in our art to buy things that happen around us. Uh -huh. um, so I think that that was into it. Sometimes in, in, in a way where people, you know, said to me, oh my God, that happened to a cousin of mine, or that happened, I saw that on the news or something. So in this instance, it was art, uh, you know, the art came first, but, uh -huh. um, but I think... Gotcha. We're losing you a little bit. Um... Oh, yeah. oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, Can we're you losing. Hear me now? Yeah, that's much better. Much better. Okay. Oh, okay. So, so, um, so choose dealing with um a choice between the baby or the mother, right? Yeah. Okay. Alrighty. Wow. Yeah, I could see that. You know, especially now. And, and we'll, yeah. Well, it was really fascinating when we showed it. Um, you know, at its first film festival, we had a packed house. Mm -hmm. Um, actually, it was a a. a private screen I'm sorry, it was a private screening for cast and crew and friends and family. And um, you know, one of the fascinating things that I loved about it was that I got calls and texts. Um, you know, everybody said really nice things then and when they were leaving, but I got all these calls and texts, you know, an hour after where people, couples and whoever were arguing in the car about who they would choose and a lot of times it wouldn't be you know the the man and the woman or the two women or the two men or whoever mm -hmm. wouldn't um didn't have the same opinion and that was kind of the point was to leave it in the hands of those who it, it, for, for the audience to decide which is why i titled it choose i i wanted that and there's no right answer there's right. no right answer it's right. such a personal choice Right. Yeah. That's, 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 that's deep. That's some really deep, um, thinking things there. And, you know, I, I was just thinking about that, you know, my own, my own personal experience with, um, losing a family member to cancer and, um, and how, you know, um, how you work hard on that issue. And like your films, I was thinking about your films are like, they're like, man, like, like a deja vu thing now, you know, with, with this thing with like Roe versus Wade. Mm hmm. You know, it's like you predicted this thing 
before it happened is something, you know, it's really, really mystic. You know, now we have Roe versus Wade and we have people in this situation where they have to choose a lot, make a lot of choices, a lot of deep thinking, a lot of soul searching and a lot of um, encouragement, you know. And we're, we're, um, you know, we're guided by our beliefs, but, you know, hopefully, and, and this goes with any important subject matter, whether we're talking about um, abortion or whether you're talking about, you know, certain rights and certain things, it's it's sort of like, I, I hope and I wish that we can get to a point where we can take in all the information and look at it from every angle to make an informed decision rather than making an impulsive one based on our beliefs that, you know, that we all have, that we, we all have our, our, you know, biases, if you will, or our things that we believe in, whether it has spiritually or whatever it is. Uh-huh. Um, and there always is another argument, which is not to say that it's a right argument or a wrong argument, but there always is another side. And I think as a society, if we would um, sort of see it from the lens of the other side, and then you may still make the same decision, and that's fine, but at least you've given all those angles. And when it came to choose, we sort of um, played a game of... of um, visual tennis where where it's like I gave you a reason to pick the baby and then the next scene was a reason they picked the wife and the next scene will go back to the baby so you really literally say oh I get that side oh I get that side I get that side and you can make what choice you might have made wow yeah it's thought provoking you know and and (laughs) thank you it did its job it does its job well but you know what's also thought provoking Um, and I'm speaking about you know you're doing this art creating this art that you made American Morning, you directed and did you write American Morning? I didn't, it was written and starring um, a gentleman by the name of Stephen Dexter, a really talented dude, Mm -hmm. and um, produced with his now wife, they were girlfriend and boyfriend at the time, Mm -hmm. Um, and I, they, uh, that was a very interesting story because they had, they were getting ready to make that um, with other people and they did a crowdfund for it, and we donated to the crowdfund. We wanted to support Stephen and Sarah's work, and um, nothing really happened for like a year. They raised some money, but I don't, I don't. Nothing really happened. And then I happened to ping him and say, "Hey, what what happened to America Morning? You know, it's a good project, important story about you know a school uh, elementary school shooting." And mm-hmm. so, well, that's an interesting thing that you're saying. Um, the uh, I, I just finished a new script uh, version of it, and would you mind if I sent it to you? And I said, sure. And it blew me away. It was mm-hmm. just so, it was taken to another level and so visually compelling. And, you know, I remember saying to Christy, my wife, um, man, I wish I was directing this movie. And uh, so I sent him back, you know, an, an email that basically said I thought it was amazing and he's got to get it done. And and he said, well, the director didn't like the new rewrite, so would you be interested in directing it? And um, so my thoughts came to fruition, and I got the chance to direct, and Christy and I brought our company on to make sure that it wasn't another year that went by before it got made. Wow. And and when, it, when did you guys make that movie? We made it about a month before COVID started. Wow. So we shot it in February of 2000, and, I guess, 20 um and and march was when everything got locked down so post-production we had to do at the beginning of the covid epidemic but we were able to get the shooting done before all that happened wow yeah i remember i reached out to you and i spoke with you spoke to you about about that by coming on set visiting your set um but everybody had to be vaccinated and man you don't need people around you that you know i had covid uh twice you know, and uh, it was the last time I had it was really bad. But you know what? You you did that film. And now, you know, like there was a shooting yesterday, right? Yesterday in a bar. I think three people were killed. And then there's school shooting. Then, you know, Novaldi and, you know, all these different things with school shootings. Right. And the violence, man, an American morning. When I thought about when I every day I'm hearing on the news, something else is going on with the shooting with these AR-15s. And when I thought about that, I said, wow, man, this guy, he made this thing. He did this piece about this before it got really bad with these shootings. 
Well, what was ironic about the timing of American Morning was that, you know, and obviously there have been school shootings before. In fact, you know, several shootings, including Sandy Hook, were the inspiration for him writing it, not the story itself, but just the anger over the shooting. Mm-hmm. Um, and and then we made this movie, and then it was ready to go to festivals and do its thing, and then COVID was in full force. And, you know, the good news is nobody was getting shot because nobody was leaving their house. It's <laughs> right. not funny, but you're right about that. No, it's true. Yeah. It's true. Yeah. And, and so it wasn't relevant, you know, immediately relevant, and Believe me, I'm glad that nobody was getting shot, um, and I'm glad that there wasn't a reason to be showing the movie at the moment because mm-hmm. nobody, you know, it wasn't on. Uh, um, you know, people were worried about, you know, the the um, the you know not being able to pay for anything and and you know stores closing and not being able to eat and mm-hmm. whatever things came with and getting sick and what everything that came with COVID and school shootings weren't on the back of people's minds so. On the one hand, we made it to hopefully make some changes, or again, just make people think. I'm not, I'm not a gun guy, mm-hmm. but in any way, but I understand if somebody wants to have a gun in their home to protect their family, as long as it's locked away and and people are, you know, people are safe. But you know, I don't necessarily know why people need weapons like AR-15s to. Um, that that doesn't make it where an average person needs to have a weapon like that. Um, that right. doesn't make any sense to me. Um, and so that to me is um, not so much a question about taking people's guns away, um, but more why should a nine-year-old kid or any kid or adult be afraid to go to school and not come home alive? That That to me is what I fear. I feel people need to focus on more than what's being taken away from them. Exactly. I agree with that. I, I definitely feel that, you know, I, I agree with that. So Robbie, so, um, black hat is about youth, right? And it's about standing up to bullies or being bullied or what message are you sending us with that, that piece of, it's piece just, of work? Uh, one of them is about just believing in your dream. This girl has the dream of meeting her favorite Japanese director at this anime convention, and she's sort of ostracized for being different. And there's a there's another character that's actually bullied bad that um, he makes the ultimate decision because of the bullying, you know, without giving too much away. But he, you know, he goes to the extreme, um, and it's sort of, you know, it's. The reason I fell in love with the, uh, making a movie about the world of a- anime, manga, and cosplay mm-hmm. is when I was interviewing to learn more about, I'll give you a real quick, real quick backdrop of the story. So this uh, big time producer came to me and said he had this guy who wanted to make an independent film for his 15 year old daughter and he was looking for some material and he could finance it. Um, himself mm-hmm. and um, the the big producer came up to me and said, "Do you have anything about a fifteen year old girl and maybe a relative? Not not you know nothing with sex too much. Just you know more a little bit more um, about a relationship." And I came up with this idea about a grandfather and her because I never had a grandfather, so I kind of you know missed that relationship. And then I was like, well, how can I make it interesting? And um, I start, when, when I try to come up with ideas, I just start playing on the internet and Googling things and whatever. And I came up with this anime story, story about anime. And I said, ooh, that's kind of interesting. And I didn't know that world very well. So I started going to cosplay conventions and mm-hmm. anime conventions. And I met these kids who were bullied and uh, shy and... Um, disenfranchised a little bit, um, but at, so at school they were constantly bullied. But then when they went to these conventions, they would dress up in cosplay as their favorite anime characters, mm-hmm. and thousands of people at the convention would come up and ask them to take their picture. And I was like, what an amazing world that can get these kids who can barely spoken to at school, mm-hmm. and then turn around and like little superstars at the convention. And I, I, I was like, I a movie about this. So my message is sort of like, find your, find your tribe, find your thing that you can thrive, 
um, in, 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 in a world that's accepting to you and what you, you know, what you are into um, and have a place where people are listening that you're suffering and that you're uh, a lot of kids who ultimately end up taking their lives are people who just really, if one person just would have really listened to them and really heard them, um, it could have made a world of difference. And so I want to make a movie that um, not only uh, shines a light on this amazing world, but also makes it for those who may not have light to maybe help find a place where they can find light. Wow. Yeah, that's wonderful, man. I'm all for that. I'm definitely, I'll definitely support that, that mission. Thank that's, you so that's much. A, that's a great mission. Thank you. It's, um, and, and, you know, it's <clears throat> both, it's both been proven out, both the anime world. I have a Facebook page, Black Hat Anime, mm -hmm. um, which has two, over 2 million followers, and that's strictly because of the community of anime people that we've come. I've had people who are bullied, who've been bullied, who said, like, they can't wait to get home from school so they can go on the page and just talk about anime or just have community. Mm -hmm. um, and, and then when we posted this one, Bullying, anime the response to that was we we had over 50 million views of it um and um over 400,000 comments um so kids all over the world people all over the world are being you know bullied and you know i've always sort of leaned towards those who either physically or mentally can't stand up necessarily from from themselves right. for themselves um, because and, and there's so many examples of, of being bullied or whatever but um, I think I think the world we're living in has gotten a little bit crazier and I just I just uh, you know going back to the whole cancer thing um, I think strength is really important inner strength is really important in getting over mm -hmm. or getting um, surviving it and and I think there are similarities in when you're being bullied that sometimes there are those who don't have that and it's up to the rest of us to sort of lift them up when we can. Right. Okay. I, I like that one. So, Robbie, what is the funniest story in your life? What's the funniest story in your life? The funniest story in my life? Oh, God, that's a that's a um, that's a tough one. Um, the funniest story can't oh god the pressure of a funny story um <laughs> i will i will say I, first of all i love to laugh and i'm actually i actually just optioned a script of this um play called a mother's christmas gift that is one of the funniest things I, i've ever um read and i was like during these crazy times it would be really great to come out with a really great feature comedy that people can just laugh and just forget about everything um but um, what, what is, I'm gonna, I, I don't know if I can come up. We can come I, I, back I to it. We can come back to yeah. it. We can come back to yeah, it. Yeah, let me think about that one. Okay. The funniest thing happening in my life. Life is, every day is fun. Every day has something crazy in, you know, but, uh, but yeah, let me come back to that one. Okay. So if you could change one thing in the world, what would that be? Um, just one thing okay. in the world. I, I just wish, I just wish, I just wish that would be something kinder to you. Kinder? Kinder. You're, um, you're, you're, uh, phasing oh, out again. Am I, am yeah. I, am I back? Yeah, yeah, you're better. That's better. Oh, oh, okay. Um, I was just driving home with my wife. We went, went to the, we went to the Mets yesterday and we went to, um, see Harry Potter this exhibition that was really cool and um, just even driving on the highway um, just to simplify it like somebody will cut you off to get one one mm -hmm. car length in front of you and squeeze in at going 80 miles an hour and and then we'll turn and flip you off while they're doing it and and I just I don't know where we got so crazy like that. So I just wish we could be a little bit more kinder, a little bit more, uh, a little bit, you know, more uh, compassionate. To, uh, 
Yeah, just just like I said with um with the choose an app, uh, um, just just look at it from a different lens a little bit. We're we're very angry, and that's why I think the con- I wish I could come up with my funny story to make people laugh, but um, but yeah, just I, I just wish we can just enjoy each other a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it would make life a lot more um fun to be in. Yes, <laughs> yeah. okay. Okay. So what would you what would you want to add to your life with a magic stick? If I gave you a magic I said, wow man, I was outside digging up dirt and I found a magic stick and I gave it to you. What would you want to add to your life with that magic stick? I've been given so many wonderful things, you know, surviving cancer is an amazing thing, but m- m- more importantly was how it really showed how many people around me loved me. So I, I, I don't want for a lot of things. I've always wanted to dunk a basketball. I wish I could get magic wand and maybe gained another foot in height. But, okay. but that's, that, that's more of a, that's more of a, um, um, but you know, just, I think for me, mm-hmm. um, if I could change one thing about me, it would be to get, uh, uh, to, to be less, um, um, to get upset, not not get upset as easily as I get upset about everything um, that I let bother me, okay. I, and and just um, have a little bit more peace in my heart. Um, I have goodness in my heart, I believe, but I I could use more peace in my heart. So if I could fix that, <laughs> I would do that. I think we all could use peace right about now, man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So what's for and you? Just the ability to take. Um, you know, to to not let everything bother me as much as it does. Got it. Got it. I get, I get it. I get it. So what's the meaning of life for you? I've always said, and this is really true, I've said I want to leave this world a little better for me having been in it whenever that time comes, whether I live another two minutes or 50 years. Mm-hmm. Well, I won't live 50, but, um, but how many years? Um... But I, I, I've always believed that, um, I, you know, we all don't succeed at what we want to do, but I try every day to do some people's life a little bit better, mm-hmm. whether that's help somebody up a flight of stairs. Um, I happened, you know, a couple of days ago where this, I was walking in New York and this, this woman couldn't bring her groceries up the stairs and stranger and literally just asked me if I could get up a flight of stairs for her mm-hmm. um just just yeah just make the world a little bit uh, have been a little bit better because i was here wow i think that's a great aspiration so professional question mm-hmm. describe a turning point in your career um i guess the biggest turning point in my career was um when I made the decision to go from out in front of the camera to behind the camera, you know, mm-hmm. I, um, I made the stand in and, um, and, you know, I, I just, in my heart was like, maybe I'm not meant to, you know, I love to act and I love stage acting very, very much, but I thought when somebody else directed what I had written for the stand in, I was like, I, if I'm going to write it, I want and and raise the money potentially. I want to be the one that tells the story, and have somebody else tell my story. Right. So I think that was a big turning point for me was just saying I belong behind the camera instead of in front of it. So then, with that being said, would you recommend others to pursue this, um, your career? And if if not, why? And if and if yes, why? Why would you? Um, why I wouldn't. Um, I always say this to any aspiring writer, actor, director, whatever. If you can think of anything, literally anything else that would make you as equally happy, then you should do that because this is a really, really difficult business and there are so many setbacks and so many no's. Mm-hmm. I just finished a film that, um, it's a short film, very personal film, and I sent it out to festivals. And ironically, it had got shot down 23 festivals in a row. Um, And so that's 23 thanks but no thanks letters of something that you put your heart and soul into for a year and a half. Mm -hmm. Um, And today we actually got our first yes. But 
but you're almost beaten up so much that the 20, that the finally the yes, in a way, it, it's more of like the exhale than it is like, yes, you know, because you, you, um, it's a, it's, it's so hard and the business is getting harder with, you know, we can have to do a whole show on this, but, you know, because of artificial intelligence and right. all the things that are replacing human beings, not only in the film industry, but everywhere. Right. And because right. The, there's so much um, content now and there's so many channels mm -hmm. that nobody's really paying anybody to do any of it because it's hard to grab. Like in the old days, you would grab a 40 share of a real popular show. Now popular show is maybe 8% share or 6% share. Mm -hmm. And it's like, so it's tougher to even make a living. So that would be my no. Uh -huh. My yes is what, if, if you answered the first question I just said, which is I can't think of doing anything else but this, mm -hmm. um, when you get to do it and when you get to see somebody say something to you, like you just changed my life by what you just showed me or or what you just performed or whatever mm -hmm. there's really no better feeling than that so that's a reason to say yes and that's a reason to say no wow good great answer wow wow that's great what's your source of motivation is that did you just answer that um that i mean that's definitely that was my original source of um inspiration i was in college and I was getting ready to do um, open a show um, at, at the college, um, Godspell, and we did a pre for a senior citizen's home. And a woman came up to me after the show and said her husband had passed six months prior. And um, this was a, she laughed for the first time since her husband passed away. So how could you not want to do that? And I literally that day decided to become an actor and um, switch from being a business major and had to tell that to my parents and pots and pans flew. But um, <laughs> what you want to you want to be an actor? What? I can hear. I can hear them now. Are you crazy? You know, I was going to be the first guy that graduated college and you know in my family and and uh yeah it wasn't taken with much joy at the beginning um but you know my other motivation honestly and that's what be, got me to be cancer is i'm not very good at quitting sometimes uh -huh. that's a bad sometimes i can get bad thing not knowing when to quit <laughs> okay so i don't have i don't have that in my dna so wow that's um, wonderful that's wonderful yeah yeah that's great never give up that's our model here. That's our model. That's it. You know. That's it. Believe me, in the darkest of days, and I know you, you know, went through this similarly, and, you know, God bless you for that, but um, in my darkest of days, it was literally, I was 30% um, of my body weight down um, with a tube in me, and I had to go into the hospital from the chemo and radiation, and I was laying in the bed and I had missed two days of um, treatment mm -hmm. and I called my oncologist and said, um, you know, what, you know, what, if I miss much more, what, you know, what's going to happen? And they said, well, basically if you miss one more day, you have to start from the beginning. And I was in my sixth of seven weeks of treatment, um, pretty intense treatment. And I said, well, I, I know I can't start from the beginning again because it was brutal my treatment and um so i literally started getting dressed and the doctors at the hospital were like what are you doing where are you going and i'm like i gotta go see my wife i don't have a choice um mm -hmm. and i and my wife um helped me get dressed and we went in the car and i and i went through treatment and the um uh, I was I was physically getting you know sick on the ride there, and if you, I did that at my treatment, they would have stopped treatment and saying they want, and I would have to start from the beginning, and I literally had to will myself to get through treatment that day. Mm -hmm. That I still don't know how I got through that, but um, but that's the that's the wow. <laughs> there are times in my life where it was a relationship or whatever where I probably should have let it go and I was like I don't want this to you know um but I ended up with an amazing wife so you know um that's I'm glad I did quit in that situation with the other person but um but yeah quitting quitting's not something I do very easily wow that's great that's wonderful that's wonderful you know we talked about uh chat uh, GPT 
Mm-hmm. And, you know, do you think that your profession will still be in demand in about 10, 15 years from now? I would like to play the optimist, but, you know, again, in a, in a, in a much more macro level, I'm worried about everybody's jobs, but particularly in ours. I, I remember, you know, several months ago, one of the, um, one of the mods on my, my black hat, um, Facebook page who, who does writing for um, a, a living literally couldn't pay her rent because they had already cut her job in half. And this oh, no. technology is relatively new. Mm-hmm. So, you know, uh, but, you know, they're talking about digitally replacing actors, uh, every, everything. But, mm-hmm. you know, I, I so I'm, yes, I have some fearfulness in our um, business, um, but I also worry about just in general, um, they're they're just they're just replacing people with robots. Uh, mm-hmm. I feel, and um, my hope and the optimist side of me um, hopes that it, it, it can. I, I don't I don't know if you could put the genie back in the bottle, but I'm hoping that people start to realize that um, even I think one of the founders of AI and ChatGPT said, "I think we went too far." And, and right. resigned. So yes, that's right. Um, that's correct. So mm-hmm. you know, I mean, if if the person who stands to make the most out of this is feeling that way, then I don't know about the rest of us. But I I, I like to always be hopeful. That, again, you know, not to keep throwing it back to surviving cancer, and, um, but you can't go into fighting that or what you fought um, and continue to fight. Um, uh, without, without being an optimist and not, without believing that it's going to turn out okay. Right, right, right. You have to have hope. Mm-hmm. You, gotta, you never can give up hope. Must, must. So we're coming to an end of the podcast. Do you have any questions for me? I just, I just think what you're doing is is really wonderful because it, it's about, it's about. You know, well, well, there's the question. What was the, what was the, the exact impetus for you to say, this is something that I think, obviously that you want to do, and 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 you know, um, in changing where you're working and stuff like that. But you still have to um, really have a desire to to do. It's not much different than trying to make a movie. You know, having a successful podcast. So, what was that? thing that said you know what i really want to do and and you did it oh thank you so much for that i think what happened was in 2000 i really i wanted to start the podcast when i came out of kessler 2000 like Mm -hmm. around 2008 2011 so i wanted i did two years in and out of kessler rehab and um we you know it was really phenomenal experience it was really phenomenal because you have to do all types of therapy, group therapy, and this therapy, and can you go back to work? No. Then you have to change your career. Um, what about your relationship with your wife? Does she want to stick around? Do your friends treat you the same way? Or do they talk mm-hmm. to you like, do you understand what you know I'm saying, you know, yeah. you know, there's stuff like that. So, you know, <laughs> the whole world's changed, flipped upside down. You know, all relationships are changed. Some got tighter. Some got uh, more, more, um, I want to say blossom more. And some just fell off and died. But um, I wanted to start the podcast in 2011, but I didn't have the courage. You know, mm. I didn't have any courage to, to do it. And I thought about it. And I kept thinking about it. And I thought about this woman that inspired me um, in New York. I went to, I was taking courses a long time ago when I was like in my 20s at NYU. And I am a Nichiren Daishonin's Buddhist. And I stopped into a meeting, a Buddhist meeting. And this woman said, you know, you need um, tenacity. and You need um, a dream, right? Starts with a dream. You had a dream. Mm-hmm. I have a dream. A dream, effort, tenacity, you know, and preparation. And that's what I named my, my company, Dream Effort Tenacity. And I love that. I always thought about her, you know, what would she say to me 10 years out? You know, I haven't seen her in a long time. Her name is Paula. And I haven't seen her in a long time. And But her what she said to me just kept, just, I, everywhere I went, I seen it. Dream Effort, it starts with a dream, Bill. 
you could do this, you know, and, and like people say, no, you can't do it. You know, you can't, you had a stroke, you're half dead, yeah. you know, you cannot, what are you thinking about? You need to go, you know what they told me to do? They told me to go to McDonald's and pick up cigarette butts. No, they did not. Yes, they did. That was supposed to be my, my gig. And not, you know, no, no disrespect to anybody that does that, but, um, to, to, you know, whenever you're in a situation in life for anybody listening that there are voices out, external voices telling you, you can't do this, or this is, this is where your bar is set. Um, you, you just need to literally turn those, that noise out. Exactly. And I'm so happy that you did because, because people can do that to you. Um, people can literally take away your will to do what you want to may, may want to do. And there are so many amazing accomplishments that have happened by people in way worse scenarios than you or I went through. And, and you came back from so much, but, um, but you know, it's that that's the key to being successful in anything is turning off the noise from anyone, whether it's a family member or a friend or supposed friend or, or uh, a rival or anybody that says you're a limit. The only limited limitations are the ones that you put on yourself. Exactly. Exactly. I totally believe in that. And I preach that to my kids. You know, I can't give uh, Billy D Williams a run, you know, but, I'm happy with Bill Clark, you know, who I am. You know what? And there's things Bill Clark has accomplished in his life that Billy D. And I love Billy D. Williams. He's very kind to my father when he met him. And I'll always have a special, you know, I mean, Billy D. is Billy D. But but there's stuff that you've put off and you're put made happen in your life that Billy hasn't. So um, we should never measure ourselves against other people. Right, right, right. Definitely, definitely. No matter in the darkest hours, right. No matter what happens, yep. never give up, and always keep your you know, hold on to your your your, your dream. Do you have? Um, that, go ahead, Rob. No, no, that's I agree with you, Bill, one hundred percent. Do you have any other questions for me? Um, no, no questions. Just, just uh, you know, I'm here to support. What you're doing, I, I listened to your podcast, you know, today before I came on, and I think it's wonderful. And um, you know, just just keep just keep telling stories. Just be that storyteller, and and champion yourself, and be proud of yourself. And if you have a bad day, you have a bad day. You're allowed to have a bad day. We went through some serious stuff, and 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 grant yourself a bad day, but then get get up tomorrow and have a good day. Thank you. Thank you for that encouragement, Robbie. Thank you so much. That was, that's Robbie Bryant. And he's a writer, director, and producer. And the name of his company is called, uh, see, now I have one of those stroke moments, man. It's called Good to, Good. Good to Be Seen Films. Yeah. So y'all, watch that. And he's got, he's working on Black Hat. And um, I don't know if you're still taking ideas for that movie. I, when we talked like, like a couple of years ago, you were looking for, Somebody with a vision, I believe, and some um, something of that nature. Um, are you still looking for people to like give you ideas or, or give you a story or song? It was a song you're looking for, right? What's that for Black Hat? Yeah, for Black Hat. Black Hat. No. So basically, at this point, um, I hooked up with this really amazing producer called Darren, uh, named Darren Dean. Mm -hmm. He's had four films at Sundance and Independent Spirit Awards, and we did a deep dive the script and it's taken to a new level um so we're you know we're ready to go now we're we're raising money mm -hmm. um we're putting cats together and locations and um it's it's in a you know better position than it's been since in 12 years so wow, that's um wonderful so I'm, ex I'm excited wow, wow that's wonderful that's great robbie thank you so much robbie bryant producer writer and thank director so, Thank you for having me, Bill. Yeah, well, anytime, man. Come on, anytime. Um, uh, and he is, uh, his crew is called Good to Be Seen Films. And you can see some of any, and I recommend, definitely check out Choose. I definitely recommend that because um, we don't know what's going to happen in our lives, you know. 
And that's a good movie to get you. I think it's really a great movie to get us to think about different things. And Thank you very much. And, and yeah, we have a film, Pergies, another short, very personal, based on my dad's passing. Oh, no. That is, uh, like I said, just, uh, I think we spoke briefly about that. It takes place in a magical bar where people can communicate with those from their past. Oh, yeah. Moved on that you get to say what you wanted to say to, and you don't realize that you're speaking to the person that you loved. So um, I'm real excited about that. Like I said, I can't announce where yet, but um, we, uh, uh, have, today we finally got. Do you have a title? Uh, you have a title for that yet? Per- yep, Pergies. Oh, sure, for Purgatory. Pergies. Yep. Wow. Okay, man. I like that. Okay, wonderful. Wonderful. Listen, listen. We're coming to an end right now with the Scrambled Eggs and Ham podcast. I am your host. My name is Bill Clark. Today, our special guest was Robbie Bryant, the producer and writer and director. He's incredible. Um, I've known him for for some time, not a long time, but he's a great person. He's a great person. He's a great person even to work out with, to lift those weights with. He's great, man. You know, he's a very encouraging person. (laughs) So listen. Thank you so much, Robbie, and thank you for listening, my listeners. Thank you for listening to us today. Thank you for joining us today. My sincere prayers are for your health and your happiness and that you live out your lives to the fullest. Thanks, Robbie. Thanks for coming on, man. I appreciate you. Bill, been my pleasure. Thank you so much and best of health and continue to kill it with this podcast. All right. Thanks, man. All right. All right. Have a good night. Thank you. Thank you. Support the podcast. You can support the podcast. Scramble eggs and ham.